Really excited for him. So, okay, let's make our confession. The Word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor it's just that simple. You can be seated. I'm going to paraphrase much of this message for you tonight, but but I want to, I really feel every message I've ever delivered, I felt like the Lord gave me, but I really feel like God just dropped this suddenly in my heart. And uh, we'll see how many of you, just the, the title that I heard uh, before he gave me the details really unfolded. But don't forget the instructions. And I'll ask you here in just a few moments. How many of you uh, are not instruction readers? Can I see your hands? Um, looks like about 60% of you. I am not an instruction reader. I think instructions are for people that obviously don't know how to do those things and put them all together. And I have learned, is that you? Or is that, which one of you? Is that Brad? <clears throat> oh, I see the wives pointing mostly to their husbands. <laughs> I'll never forget the time. I was the, my, the kids were really small, and I, back then we we called them TV trays or TV stands, I guess, when the long time ago. But I remember uh, getting this really nice stand that I saw in the store, and it looked so nice. And so I decided to put it together, and it said, "Read these rules before you do it." And I thought that's for amateurs. So I put this whole thing together, and you put it together upside down, and it looked great to me as you put it all together with the face down and all. And, and I got ready to put it back up. I got a couple of screws left over, but every hole's filled, so everything is okay. And when I turned it over, there were eight where the bottom part came in. There were eight things where the screw had gone right through the top and all the way through. And luckily, the TV set covered the whole thing. But I realized that if I read the instructions, that wouldn't have happened, that I'd put the washers on like I was supposed to and that it wouldn't have penetrated the top of that little Formica finish. And I thought, how soon can I cover that up so nobody sees it? I don't think I ever told anybody until we finally got rid of the thing. If you read the instructions, it normally goes better with you. And we're going to be talking about that because we have a Bible that is a, a book of instruction. It is a book of love. It's a love story. It's a book of the past with great historical content. It's a book of the future with great outpouring of where we are and what's going on. It's a book of seasons. It's a book that is prophetic, telling us the future of what's going to come. And so we have the ability to read the instruction manual and know what we need to know for where we are in our life. But if we don't pay attention to the instruction manual, then we'll get focused in areas where we don't need to be focused, and we'll do things that we shouldn't be doing, and we'll get out of position when we should be in position. Sunday, <clears throat> I watched a little bit, very, very little of Word Explosion out in Tulsa this week. Any of you watch it? It was on the internet. You can still watch it. They replay it on the internet. They have it on there in the archives. 
And I was watching some of the speakers, that, really young speakers that I didn't know. And, and they were sharing things that just were really great about walking by faith and not by sight and declaring things. And the, the, the few that I saw were really good. And I can see why they're doing really well where they are. And, and, and then they, they, they capped it all off on Sunday night with John Hagee. Uh, now, John Hagee uh, had a very powerful message. But it was a very sobering message. And the message was uh, what he is believing is going to happen in September of this year and how it's going to coincide with the fourth blood moon, uh, how the, the year of Shemitah and the period of Shemitah that we're entering into and the Hebrew calendar and, the, and, 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 and all and how things are lining up for a tremendous, he didn't use this word, but a tremendous correction by God onto this earth and into this nation for the direction we have been going. And, and what came to me as he was sharing, he didn't use this word, but what he came to me as he, as he was sharing was God is about to shake things to correct them so that we will have his attention and we will get back on the right track. Now, those are my words, not John Hagee's words. But if you listen to his message, it was a very sobering message. It could almost be a message like, oh, is there, is there going to be any hope? Are we going to have famine? Are we going to run out of food? Uh, are we going to have an electrical impulse uh, meltdown in our nation? Are we going to use our communica- lose our communication system and all of those things? Let's assume for just a moment a worst-case scenario that we would have a multitude of things that would go wrong. Would that change who God is? Would that change what God wants to do? Not at all. As a matter of fact, we want to stay focused in the good times. We want to stay focused in the times that don't look so good. And if we read the instruction manual and we know what's about to happen, then we prepare for it because the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit shows us. How many of you have ever flown on an airplane? And they say, uh, we're going to enter into some turbulence. We suggest that you all take your, well, they don't say suggest any longer. They say, all of you sit down, shut up, and fasten your seatbelt. I mean, you know, they're very adamant right now. How many of you have ever been on a plane when you've done that? And then there was nothing. And it's like, what a waste of time. I could have gone to the bathroom. I could have walked around. I could have done whatever I wanted to do. And nothing happened. How many of you have ever not done that and the turbulence came? And if you've ever done that, you know you wish you had been seated, you wish you had your seatbelt on, because when it came, it didn't hurt you to be prepared for it to come, and it didn't come, but it would be better for you if you prepared for it if it did come. And that's where this instruction manual comes in. And I encourage all of you that we really need to individually get into the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and journaling what you feel God is showing you, but also pass it along to your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, the in-laws, the outlaws, but especially to your children and to your grandchildren. They're not going to learn this stuff in school unless they're in a Christian school, and even some Christian schools aren't teaching the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have to pass this along to your children and your grandchildren because of what we're about ready to get into. It will save them some challenges down the road. Now, this is not a heavy message. This is a good message because God left us in charge. I want a little bit lighter note. One of my sons, uh, David, years ago when he was really, really young, (coughs) excuse me, 
David would be, you know how they called, uh, is it Peter, the impetuous one? Uh, I think it was Peter, he's impetuous, whatever that means, always on the edge. That would be my son, uh, uh, David. And he, he decided one day that he loved uh, boil, hard-boiled eggs, but he didn't know exactly how to do it. But he knew it took a long time to put them in water and do all that, so he thought he'd use the microwave, go a lot faster. Well, you can just imagine what happened when he used the microwave to get hard-boiled eggs. Excuse me. Hadn't read the instructions. As a young man, I, uh, I mean, I, just a young guy, years and years ago, I can remember that. How many of you have ever read instructions to a toaster? I bet nobody has ever read instructions to a toaster. What, what a dull thing to do. <clears throat> and I remember when that bread and that toaster got stuck. I, I remember that to this day. And I pulled out this little metal thing. And I stuck it down that toaster to get my bread because I wanted my bread. And I remember this thing going through my body. He's like, oh, what was that? Jeez, oh, that feel good or bad? I couldn't tell. It was just, it was just so fast. And, and then I realized that I guess you're not supposed to do that. And then I, I remember telling my dad about it. And he says, son, that was pretty dumb. I said, well, yeah, I know now, but I didn't then. And it was like, well, if I'd read the instructions, it probably said somewhere. Now, I still have not read the instructions to a toaster. But I do know this. Don't stick a metal device in a toaster unless you want to get your jolt. And uh, I'm sure that the instructions somewhere say, don't put a metal device in this toaster. Or it says, if you really can't read this, call this 800 number and we'll have somebody overseas tell you how to do it. Now, so what we've got to do is get to the point when we are so focused on what God wants us to do so that we know what God's instructions are to each and every one of us. Now, there are a lot of people preaching things out there that are correct. God loves us. God's grace, his unmerited favor is for us. God is given us the victory. God gives us the dominion. God's going to shake the world. God's going to do all of the things that God said he's going to do, he's going to do. And some of them seem contradictory. Now, I, I know that in this day and age, you have to be careful with your wording. I don't think you have to be politically correct, but I do think you have to be careful with your wording because of things that have happened. So I grew up in an age where the three children that I raised, David, Deborah, and Darren. Deborah, and then they've been to our church. Deborah lives in Charlotte. But Deborah and Darren, all I had to do was talk to. David, I sometimes would have to take him and just... Shake them just a little bit. Now, this is the word you have to be careful of in this day and age. Shake it, oh my goodness, shake it. You know, you just had to get his attention a little bit. Now, you didn't throw him against the wall and all that stuff, but you just had to shake him a little bit and say, son, I want you to look in my eyes here because we're not communicating. How many of you realize if you have more than one child, you got a child like that somewhere on that bunch. Somewhere that you just, you got to get, a little, I want you to look eye to eye with me here so we make sure you're getting this. Because I know that I love you equally well with all the rest of them. But I also know that our communication system, we are not wired the same. Or something is not right because it's not flowing right. Well, that's, that's what we have to, to do many times in, 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 in working and looking at what God is saying. Because 
he is not contradicting himself at all. And I'll give you a couple of scriptures here to start out with because don't forget the instructions. The original instructions in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says that God made man in his image and he gave us dominion over everything on the face of this earth. We have dominion. As a matter of fact, tell your, your neighbor, I have dominion. <clears throat> that dominion, you might think, well, wait a minute, I thought the devil took that. He did, but Jesus gave it back to us. And we're going to get there in just a moment. So the original plan of God, uh, when we read the instructions, is let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the face of the earth. We had dominion, and now through Jesus, we have dominion. And then the original instructions by God were, do not partake, Genesis chapter 2, do not partake of the tree that you will have the knowledge of good and evil. We were never to be focused on evil or even know about evil. But when Eve fell, when Adam fell, then that all changed because they didn't follow the instructions. Tell your neighbor, they didn't follow the instructions. How many of you are like me sometimes? You don't particularly, even if you know the instructions, care to follow instructions. You would just assume. I, I, I didn't know what they were doing on 52 when they rerouted 26. But when you come up 52 to, is it 28? I'm not really sure. There's a big sign there, and it says 65. The sign goes that way. And, and, and I found out later on it just meant for traffic going on through to 65. I thought it meant that 52 was closed, and I didn't particularly like the sign, so I just kept going on 52 because that's what I wanted to do in the first place. Well, I found out later on that I didn't do anything wrong, but I really wasn't following what was probably the best thing in my heart. I wanted to do it my way. Remember that old song, My Way? Can I see all the hands of the people that you've done a lot your way and you realize it didn't work? I think that there's something about mankind after the fall that we kind of like to do it our way and not follow instructions of somebody else, but we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it, only we get in trouble and then we want somebody to help us out. Well, I can understand that happening once or twice, maybe two, two or three times, but after a while, we should realize that, you know, it'd be better if I did it the right way the first time, then I wouldn't have to redo it again. And so when, 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 they, when Adam and Eve both fell, they lost everything that they had that God tried to give them, but then through Christ, we got everything back again. Now, the devil is not the one that's going to come and adjust the things on this earth. He's not the one that's going to come and bring what God said is coming on this earth. The devil, if you really understand this, the devil did not crucify Christ. Jesus came to do the will of the Father and he would have never stayed on that cross had it not been the will of the Father because he knew that he was going to die on that cross. He was going to descend, take the keys of the kingdom of God, and that he was going to resurrect and that he was going to give his victory to all of mankind through his blood. God did all of that. It was because of the fall of man, but it was because of God's love. 
you correct a child because you love that child. Is that not true? The Bible says God corrects us because he loves us. Those he loves, he will chastise. He will get their attention. Wouldn't you want to take somebody and just kind of shake it a little bit to make sure you could save their life, or would you rather let them do it their way and whatever happened, happened? That's not the way God operates. What is about to happen has been foretold to us by God in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's been told to us in Matthew chapter 24. All of these things are going to happen. But as people that are part of the army of God, we are being supplied by Almighty God and that our needs and our provisions are going to be taken care of through God, and that we are not going to be moved by anything that we see, but we're going to be focused on what God has shown us. Does that make sense? Right now, right now in the Sudan, they're starting to have tremendous famine in many areas over there, and we're praying about what our next step will be, and we'll be meeting with Brad tomorrow, Brad Marshall, and talking about some things over there. But Stanley has said, I know my source. We've been here before. I know God is going to bring us through. Now, we live in a country where we're really blessed, but the devil is moving in this country also as he is moving around the world. But God is going to get our attention. Now, what he has done through the new covenant, what we just took partake, partook of with the communion, is he has restored to all of mankind our original authority and dominion over the devil. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you have authority over the powers of darkness. <laughs> now, if you understand this, and if you use the instruction manual to use this power and authority, you will walk in dominion on this earth exactly as God intended it in Genesis chapter 126. Jesus is our example for everything. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, I want to share some things with you that God gave us instructions regarding how you and I are to operate. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, you've heard me share this scripture many times, but Jesus said when he was tempted by the devil, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when the enemy comes to tempt you that you will never have enough money, that your children are never going to serve the Lord, that you're never going to make it, if everybody knew about all the bad things you used to do, all these kind of things that comes, the Word of God says that the devil, that, that Jesus said that man should live by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. In other words, he was not going to entertain the words from the devil. Every single one of you have words that come to you, our thoughts, that come from the devil. And they try to make you feel bad about yourself. They try to make you feel bad about what's coming. You can hear a message from John Hagee like he ministered that Sunday, and you can walk away from it two different ways. Whoa, we're in for a great fight, man, and we're coming through this strong. Or you can walk away thinking, whoa, there's no hope for us. We're going to have to do all these things. And, all, and, and it's just how you perceive the message that came forth and how you perceive walking by faith, whether or not you're walking in victory or whether you're not. 
There are a lot of people and people that I've talked to that say, you know, we need to store up water. If God, by the Holy Spirit, tells you to store up water, you better store up water. Uh, if you're doing it just because everybody else is doing it, well, you may be right, you may be wrong. It's not going to hurt you to have water stored up, but you can get into a paranoia state very quickly. Does that make sense? In other words, you get so anxious and so uptight about everything that you think you have to do all this stuff, but yet the Holy Spirit is still going to lead you. Jesus said that man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then he summed it all up in verse number 10 of Matthew when the devil tempted him again and he said, away with you, Satan. He he got tired of the devil coming against his mind and he chased the devil out and the devil left and it said in Luke to come back at a more opportune time. The devil will not hang around and mess with you if you're living the word of God. But if you're fearful and anxious and stressed out about everything that's to come, then you may entertain the thoughts of the devil without even understanding that. Does that make sense to all of you? How many of you realize you can entertain those thoughts before you know it? And sometimes later on you come to your senses and you think, what was I thinking? You were thinking thoughts in agreement with the devil. That's why you were going that direction. But then, not only in Matthew chapter 4, but in Matthew 16, 19, a scripture that I share all the time in this church. But it's talking about how you and I through Christ, have been given the authority to bind and loose on this earth. And what we bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies, and what we loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies. The power of darkness is moving on the earth today because of the powers and principalities in the heavenlies. But if we bind the powers and principalities in the heavenlies and loose the power of God in the heavenlies, that's what's going to come on this earth. So we're not moved by what we see we're moved by what we believe. Does that make sense? So don't lose heart when you see things that aren't right based on what God's will is, but know this, we're in a fight, and that somehow this thing is going to get taken care of. Somehow there's going to be a coming and a shaking in this world that's going to cause people to realize we're going the wrong direction. Now, all of us probably sitting here tonight are in total agreement. It, we are going the wrong direction. We need to change things. But there's a whole world out there. You, how many of you have friends that have no idea the direction the world's going in? Your, your friends would tell you, hear this right, because I know we've got some visitors here. People that are not living a lifestyle that they should are welcome in this church. We embrace them. We want them to come to our church. But we refuse to compromise the Word of God concerning morality. If people want to be immoral, they can be immoral. They're welcome in this church, but they will hear the truth preached. Does that make sense? We're not going to change the truth so somebody won't feel bad about themselves. If you're doing a bad thing, the best way to feel good about yourself is to stop doing a bad thing. Can you get, turn to your neighbor and say, I can understand that one. <clears throat> And we understand all the situations that are going on in this world, and I don't have to preach them all tonight, but you understand what I'm saying. We believe what the Word of God says and that it is the uncompromised truth of the Word of God. So that's what we stand on, and that's what we're loosing in this earth through the powers that have been given to us over all powers and principalities of darkness. And then it says in verse 16, the Lord told me, not too long ago, it's been about a year ago now, that if my people would understand and have a revelation of John chapter 16, 
and it's verses 13 through 15. It will set them free to live the life that I've told them to live. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And it says, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much truth? All truth. And he will show you the things to come. He will not speak on his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak. He will tell you all of the things to come that you need to know. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's going to tell you everything you need to know. But what you need to do is write it down in your prayer journal so you will know what God is showing you so that you will know what to do. And then it says he will glorify me and he will take everything that I have and declare it to you and that all things that the Father has are mine and that I give them to you. What does all that mean? It means this, that in this time frame that we're entering into, we're going into it with everything that God had for his son Jesus. You're going to have the same authority the same power, the same dominion, the same provisions, because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, and he is going to give us what he had to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. If there's a shortage of water, guess what God's going to give us? He's going to give us water. If there's a shortage of food, what's God going to give us? He's going to give us food. He's going to show us how to live in whatever times we're in. If a famine comes to any area, some people say no famine will ever come here. Folks, the Word of God says in the end times there will be famine. What we need to do is be prepared to meet the famine, what God tells us to do. And he'll show us how to do it. Maybe for you it will be stockpiling food. Maybe it will be stockpiling water. Maybe it will be something else to play in that whole scenario. But there's nothing wrong with being prepared as the Holy Spirit leads you. If you're not led by the Holy Holy Spirit, you may not be supplied by the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to you what I just said? If you're not led by the Holy Spirit, now we won't do this in our right mind. We'll say, God, I know what's coming and I'll take care of it. I'm going to take care of it myself. No, what we do is say, God, you've shown me what's coming. What do you want me to do? And then we begin to do that. And then we have the confidence that we have the faith that we know that God is going to move on our behalf to bring forth everything that we have needed. There is nothing to fear. Tell your neighbor there's nothing to fear. Now, God, this is how God operated. And this is how God wanted the children to operate in the old covenant. This is how God wants us to operate in the new covenant. Romans 4.17 says, God, (coughs) excuse me, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as if they did. In other words, God takes something that does not exist and he speaks and it exists. When God says something, that's the way it is. And God has always wanted mankind. From the beginning of Adam and Eve, he's wanted mankind to listen to him and to do exactly what he said. He has not changed a bit. By his spirit, he wants you and I to follow whatever he tells us to do and to speak as an oracle for God of the things that God wants us to do. Now, all of us are going to sit here tonight and say, oh, I do that. I I do that. I believe that. As a matter of fact, how many of you believe that? Can I see your hands? Okay. How many of you have been put in compromising positions? Uh, Well, it's not a compromising position to God. It might be a compromising position to us. 
How many of you have been put in positions where you've known what you should say, but you held it back because you knew you had a hostile crowd around you? Can I see your hands? Could have been in-laws, outlaws, you know, all those kind of things. We have to get over that at the leading of the Holy Spirit, not ourselves going out there and says, I'm going to show you a thing or two. No, no, not like that. But, but at the leading of the Holy Spirit, you have to become an oracle of God to speak the Word of God because the Word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when we speak the Word of God, somebody may become hostile towards you, especially if there's demonic activity, but that doesn't matter. The Word of God is a seed that goes into the ground that they can't stop from producing after its own kind. Does that make sense to you? So we are the oracles of God to do exactly what God said. God speaks, we speak. The whole book of Genesis, when you read it, God said and it was so. God said it was so. God said it was so. Marriage is between a man and a woman. How can you say that? The response comes back. Who are you to tell? We are an oracle of God speaking the word of God. We think we should do whatever we want to do. Do it. Do it. Do it. However, God says in his word that marriage is between a man and a woman. We love you. You are welcome here. We may or may not expect you to change, but don't expect us to change because that is the will of God. But we love you right where you are. Does that make sense to all of you? See, that's the way God wants us to live. That's the way Jesus lived his life. He loved everybody. I've had people say to me before, I heard you say that in our church, and I don't like that. I think people should be free to do whatever they want to do. They are. People are free to do whatever they want to do. I I would say to anybody, you're free to do whatever you want to do. I'm going to tell you the truth when I'm around you. I'm not going to try to cramp your style, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And if you don't want to live the truth, that's fine. But you're going out there into a very dangerous situation. I think that is common sense to tell people the truth. And that's why in John chapter 16, it says you will have a spirit of truth. It doesn't make you better than anybody else, but it gives you the truth that other people don't have. The world does not have the truth. We are raising generation after generation after generation who are not being raised. The word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit is being crowded out of one of the last bastions in America, in the world. That's America. Crowded out of a school system. Crowded out of all sorts of situations, especially that are universities. And now we have people coming out there that they have no inkling what the truth is. They don't know what the truth is. So who's going to tell them the truth? If you and I don't tell the truth, who will tell the truth? Who will introduce them to the power of the Holy Spirit? And so that's where we come in concerning living the instructions. Now, I want to give you a couple of scriptures here in a few minutes we have left. We need to abide in the instruction manual, John chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, and 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. I'm going to paraphrase them. Sorry, I'm going real fast. I'm going to paraphrase them to you real quickly. And Jesus said, now this is what Jesus said. This is every time frame we live in. Jesus said, 
If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. God wants us to bear much fruit regardless of what season we're in. And that word abide means to become as one with. In other words, we are so united with Christ that we are identified with Christ and what he said settles the issue. John chapter 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Greater works than I do will you do. It's not talking about us picking and choosing. That is talking about you following the leading of the Holy Spirit. God didn't leave us in charge. God wants us to follow the Holy Spirit. And whatever God told us to do, you ask for what you have need of to do that. He'll do it. First John chapter 5 says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything in accordance with his will, we know that he hears us. And we know that whatever our petitions are to accomplish what he's called us to do, we will have those things. So therefore, if we're going into any kind of a situation on this earth that we are going to see famine, we're going to see food shortages, we're going to see water shortages, we're going to see financial challenges, we're going to see communication meltdown, guess what we're going to have? We're going to have communication from Almighty God, and he's going to show us exactly how to handle it. Every single thing that I just shared with you, Stanley has experienced in the Sudan. They're getting ready, and unfortunately, they're starting to experience it again. And he said, I know my source. If you've been involved in a good fight of faith, and you've come out victorious, you know how it happened. And you're ready for another good fight of faith. And that's where we need to be, ready for a good fight of faith. I'm not so sure. The body of Christ is ready for a good fight of faith. <clears throat> I want to close with this scripture in 1 Timothy. <coughs> the clock is saying it's time to close, and I think my voice is saying it's time to close. It's 1 Timothy chapter 6. <clears throat> and this is where I believe a lot of people are today. I am amazed at mainline denominational churches that feel like they don't have to follow the instruction manual. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Don't even have to name them. Unbelievable what is being done regarding morality, regarding, <clears throat> regarding Israel, regarding things that are close to God's heart. And, and this is where I believe it says when Timothy was taught, or when Paul was <coughs> writing Timothy, it says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Now, what are we talking about? What is he talking about there? There are a lot of people... I, I, I have a challenge using this word sometimes because there are many people who are very intellectual because they are learned. They have spent a lot of time studying, and there's nothing wrong with that. Dr. Snugs, how many years did you spend to get your doctorate? Eight? Uh, five years for the yeah, five years for the doctorate. I got two doctorates in about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we have visitors here tonight, so you want to understand that. I don't have time to get into it, but... One's from, an, honor, from a, an honorary doctorate from a radio station, and the other's an honorary doctorate from Dr. Snug. So uh, glory to God. And I, but I, I don't make light of that. I, I, I thank God for people who have spent their life studying and learning. <clears throat> but there are people who have become very intellectual 
in their thought process of what they determine is right and what they determine is wrong. And sometimes some people who have become very intellectual will say, well, I think everybody should be free to do whatever they want and that nobody should ever feel bad about themselves. And then we have some people that want to condemn everybody all the time. Neither one is right. What we should be is people of faith who learn all you can. That's important. But the most important thing is not allow knowledge, this thing called knowledge, to pull you away from this thing called faith. Faith is based on the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith grows through the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? The Word of God settles the issue for all things. The Ten Commandments settles the issue for all things. We are a society in the world, and unfortunately in much of America, that have lost track of the instruction manual. The United States of America and the original intent had an instruction manual. It was the Bible. It was the Declaration of Independence. It was the Constitution. Many people intellectually will try to say, well, we had problems in America. We should have never had slavery. They are 100% right. We should have never had slavery. We did. Hopefully we've been forgiven for it, but it was wrong. It should have never happened. But you can't destroy everything good just because there were some things that were bad. There was only one perfect person who lived on the face of this earth, and that was Jesus. There are no perfect nations, including the nation of Israel, the apple of God's eye. If people live in a nation, there are no perfect nations. (laughs) Let's all... Stand to our feet. So the point I want to leave with you is this. We need to be instant in season and prepared for every good work that God has called us to perform. And this is, I believe I shared this, (coughs) excuse me, last Wednesday. But in 2 Timothy, if you ever study 2 Timothy chapter 3 and you read all the way through it and you think, oh, glory to God, looks like we're there now. You just don't feel like going out and dancing and singing and shouting and all. But you should (coughs) because it means our redemption is near. But after you read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and all the challenges that are coming, in verse number 17, it sums it all up and says, but this is what I believe, that the man of God will be complete, thoroughly equipped, for every good work, that we will be thoroughly equipped that no matter what the time frame is, we're ready for the good work God's called us to perform. We're ready for the hurting people of the world. We're ready to embrace them. We're ready to help them. We're ready to feed them. We're ready to give them water. We're ready to tell them there's a better way. We're here for them. Don't run from the church run to the church no different than when you miss it don't run from god run to god would you bow your heads with me just for a moment all over this church i want to i want to pray again for anyone that might be here maybe you came in after communion but you're not sure if you died tonight you go to be with jesus god loves you and god has a plan for your life but he wants you to come home to him 
And maybe you're, maybe you're here, you're like that prodigal son. You, you know you've walked away from the things of God. And if that's you tonight, if that's you, I want to settle that issue, and you need that issue settled. We don't know how many tomorrows we have. But if you're here and you say, Pastor, I know my life isn't right. I do not know if I die tonight, I go to be with Jesus, but I want that assurance. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand up, and we're going to pray for you. We'll take just a moment. Anyone that might have come in a little bit late here, anyone at all, hallelujah. Now, while we're still in prayer, I'm going to ask you this question. How many of you would be willing to do anything with the rest of your life that God asked you to do. Can I see your hands? Now, Father, you see every hand that's lifted. I pray that every single person with their hands lifted will have time somewhere where they can be alone with you. Lord, they may be in your perfect will right now, and you'll just confirm that to them. But, Lord, I pray that you will pour out your spirit, your leading, to show them what you would have them to do with their life. Not only on a daily and a weekly and a monthly basis, but for the rest of their life. There are so many things that you have for us to accomplish for your glory. And you desire to use your people, just as you said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 that you have created us in your image to walk in dominion and authority and rulership on this earth and that your plan, your instructions have never changed and you desire to lead us and guide us and we proclaim it as you said in your word in the book of Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew 16, Let's confess that right now. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. We pray that tonight, Lord. And we go out out here rejoicing that no matter what happens in the world, we know who we serve, and we know that our needs are going to be met according to your riches and glory. In Christ Jesus, and everybody said, give the Lord a hand. Continue to pray for Pastor Pam as they fly to the Philippines tomorrow morning. God bless you. Go and be blessed.